No. No? Not today. So now no. I... Ed will. <laughs> I don't even know the theme song. I just know the first line is set your phasers to sexy. Now you're making me work, because yep. now i got to add it in and post. We could play it on YouTube. I should you- suggest we, that to we the We could play it on YouTube, I bet. <laughs> so we are True North Nerds, and we're doing yet another live show at yet another library. We Yay! are at the Oshawa. Okay, what's the official name of it? Because I keep screwing it up. Oshawa Public Library FanCon. Yeah, there we go. Kevin's on the ball. I'm reading it right off the tag that you're wearing around your neck. <laughs> and Brent is fired. Uh, uh, I'm not fired. I own the stuff. <laughs> Or I own the physical gear. I know I win. The, the ownership of the show itself is spread between us. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so we got invited to this convention due, due in part to um, a couple people. Uh, Ed Snowhawk Cosplay was invited as a cosplayer guest. And um, our, uh, our friend James from uh, Geekard at geekardshow.com is uh, helping with the guests. And we got invited because they don't know any better. Yeah, <laughs> and or they don't know any other podcasters, uh, or well, I, I'm just, I assume they, they would have to show do a show, up. but the because uh, the, the podcasters the they knew didn't want to do it. Yeah, so because um, we're warm bodies, yeah, they, they would show up. <laughs> but it's a comic. Comic cons are fun, exactly. and, uh, and we and we have said if you uh, if you invite us, we'll probably show up. Probably, it's your own fault. So we will start this episode like we start many episodes, and let's go with the news of the week. Ryan, you've got a notebook in front of you there with a bunch of stuff. Uh, Okay, so let's start with, uh, okay, well, do we have any Rick and Morty fans out there? I am. I'm a fan. Yeah. Rick and Morty's awesome. But I don't know if I'm as big a fan as these people were. Uh, So McDonald's finally did a Szechuan sauce promotion at Select McDonald's with limited numbers of Szechuan sauce packages and failed miserably there were (laughs) almost riots at the McDonald's where people showed up and then found out there wasn't enough for everybody there were you can find those videos of people this one guy jumped up on the counter and started demanding like Szechuan sauce and pulled his shirt over his head like he was uh butthead from Beavis and Butthead. And oh, was, like, he was suddenly Cornholio. Yeah, and then he was lying on the floor having a temper tantrum. It's, it's kind of funny and sad <laughs> all at the same time. Uh, it's I don't know. I don't ever recall having the Szechuan sauce because it was for Mulan. Was yeah. the, no, I never the promotional it. sauce with it I, or movie that they were doing the promotion? Yeah, I didn't for. eat McDonald's in the nineties. Uh, here, well, nobody should eat <laughs> McDonald's did. now unless McDonald's wants to sponsor this podcast, and then everybody should eat McDonald's. If there's if you hear an ad for McDonald's right after that point, you know what happened. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's... Well, it got to the point where the police were called in some locations because of the, the protesting and the near rioting. That well, it was a one-day promotional event, which yeah. is weird for McDonald's to do. They, they Like, even the Shamrock Shake. Goes. I want to know where they found 20-year-old sauce. No, no, oh, they, they have the recipe. They just made a new batch. 
Because that was part of the 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 guy. Yeah. The the guy who is the co-creator of Rick and Morty, uh-huh. uh, Justin Rowland, McDonald's thanked him for putting this joke into the show by sending him, I think it's two liters of the stuff. Cool. And then he like he gave some to fans as like a prize off of like something off Twitter or, okay. or Facebook or something like that. Then the auction, somebody got yeah, some auction or, uh, maybe he and auctioned it, was, it off. Uh, was it Dead Mouse or yeah. one of those like uh, Dead Mouse? Yeah, one, no, it was him. A, a bottle of it and the gave, uh, gave away a bunch to people he knew that they knew and and the, the and one of the people who got it sent it to um, binging with Babish, the the YouTube show that I watch where he cooks food that's based off of movies and TV. Oh, okay, because he had done the Szechuan sauce in in an episode previous. But he didn't have an actual example of the real stuff. Well, somebody sent it to him, so he made it again based on the taste, and he did a blind taste test with his roommate. Okay. And apparently, the roommate couldn't tell the difference between the two. Oh, there you so. go. You can make it yourself. So what's what's McDonald's response? Have they come out saying like we're going to do it longer? We're going to uh, do it again? When I did we're my sorry. little bit of uh, research, which was I saw a news story and wrote it down, um, there was no response. I pretty much, pretty much just a oops. Well, uh, I think since then I might have read something along the lines of they'll, you know, they're going to do it again with a wider distribution yeah. or at least more and try to do it better. You know, learn from your mistakes. Do it as an April Fool's Day because that's when that episode aired. That should be like every year April no, Fool's you Day. Tell them you're going to do it on April Fool's Day and, and then, then April second because it it's instead. April Fool's Day. And then, yeah. you just have, then people have people. Uh, Calling nine one one because McDonald's doesn't have Szechuan sauce, sauce. and oh, they've run out of nine one one over a chicken McNugget dipping sauce. It, it you happens. have you you need something to do. You mm. really do. Take up knitting or macrame or something. It's get out of your house a little more often yeah. or something. I don't know. Who am I to judge? So next news item. Uh, my next news item is that uh, well, one of my favorite DC characters from the last little bit, John Constantine. Yes. It's going to be the actor, uh, Matt Ryan, will be reprising his role on uh, episodes of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, okay. So this has been confirmed now? Been confirmed. Sweet. Yep. So he's going to be in the... I didn't say how many episodes, so who knows? It could be a little... You know, he could be a permanent member of the crew. Yeah. By the end of the season, might not be, but it seems fitting that with the whole premise of that show where they jump through time, that they'll run into some magical stuff at some point, and he'd, he'd... and, well, they have characters who are magical based on that yeah. show too, like Vixen and yeah, exactly. And as an uh, what's his name? What's the actor's name again? Uh, uh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah. He's also that, there's also that new cartoon tune that he's uh, doing the voiceover for. A series or a movie? Like a one-off or? I think it's a series that's on. Is it a CW Seed? Yeah, yeah, like what they did with the the Vixen. Yeah, and the Ray, and what they're doing with the Ray. Um, he obviously likes the character. He well, did it, a good well. job too. So, or at least of the DC superhero version of Constantine. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Like, I'm glad he's got it because I think he didn't when he reprised the role on Arrow the first time. They were pretty much saying it was a one and done. Well, yeah, because he was all, he was in something else at the time. Yeah. I can't remember if it was another show or a play. Yeah, but that and pretty I guess much that's at least over now. And by he doing needs that, work. they that put in the okay. His show now and him is are part of that Arrow, greater DC Arrow TV verse. Yeah, the is it Viventi or what's the guy's name? Oh, Berlanti. Berlanti. Yeah. The Berlanti verse. Well, that's good. I, I'm looking forward to that. 
because uh, Constantine was it wasn't the world's greatest show, but he was good in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it another deserved, season or two, it, it might have second picked season. up a bit better. Uh, oh, they announced that uh, Batman the Animated Series, one of our favorite cartoons, mm-hmm. uh, is getting a Blu-ray release. Yeah, with new extras and and stuff. So that'd be cool. I might actually pick that up. I, I'm okay. Yet, I'm so. okay with the D- DVDs. I don't think I'll upgrade unless the extras are really good. But it puts it out there again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. 25th anniversary of that show, right? That's why. Oh, God, that makes me feel so old because I remember coming coming home home and watching it. After school, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, we got got new trailers this week. Oh, are you talking about the trailer that everybody's talking about? Well, yeah. The new Mutants trailer? Of course. (laughs) I just Uh, watched that today right here at the con. Yeah, it looks interesting. Doesn't look like your 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 typical mutant movie. Yeah, it looks like a horror movie, and they've been saying that from the get go. Like yeah. that's what the weird part. Like it's not like this is bad advertising for it. I don't think it's like they they have said from the start it's going to be different. It's going to have a horror movie vibe to it, and that trailer definitely has all those. It things. looks scary. Yes. So I know that Brent's a big New Mutants fan. You were hoping for Warlock, and I'm pretty sure I heard a thing or read a thing that Warlock's not. Yeah, famous. well, Doug Jones got that job on Star Trek, so who else were they going to get to play <laughs> Warlock? That's true. Computer, just a computer CGI. graphics. Yeah. Well, uh, he would have done that, and he would have just been CGI. Like they would have CGI Warlock over him. That's all. But. The actors they've got from the trailer look quite. They look the part. close to their comic book counterparts, especially Magic and Wolfsbane. Uh, Cannonball, they didn't give him the stupid flat top. That's, that's fine. That's but fine. they made him that's look a like a. Haircut. They made him look like a Southern Hick. Which yeah. what do you mean, Brent? You've got a flat top, and I don't think it's dated. I'm trying to to go for that kid and play haircut. There eventually. you go. The, the the high top. <laughs> Okay, but uh, okay. Seriously, the well, other trailer, Justice League trailer, Justice that League. one came out. <laughs> yeah, the Justice League trailer did come yeah, out. It's the final Justice League trailer, right? That movie comes out in yeah, like that's three, four saying. weeks. It's the final one, not including TV. We, we see stuff. Superman in the trailer, but it's like a dream, day, dr- no, dream daydreaming or, sequence yeah. of Superman. I'm still trying to get used to redheaded Lois Lane. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't know why. That's one of the little things that doesn't bother me at all. I didn't even that. notice. That she was a redhead until I at least remember she was a redhead until you just said that. So <laughs> there you go. So Star Wars. Oh, there's other trailers. Yeah, there's but Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that trailer yet. Oh, the last trailer for that for the because that comes out in a couple two weeks. Mm. Oh, I can't wait. I want. I can't wait. I'm gonna binge that that weekend for sure. And of course, yes, Star Wars. Star Wars came. Now, Kevin is. I'm avoiding it. I will. I'm not listening. Well, we're, we won't go into details because, one, we're an audio podcast. There's yeah. no video for us to point to. <laughs> what we can, well, we nobody will see it. <laughs> Just my feeling about Star Wars, the Star Wars trailer, is I'm going to go and see this movie anyway. I don't need to see this trailer to convince me to go and see this movie. So. Why be disappointed about things that I might see in this trailer? Oh, I'm not disappointed about any of it. I'm just oh, no, excited about it. It looks it looks pretty. So yeah, it, I'm it sure shows it does. a bunch of stuff, and I'm thinking it doesn't really give the plot away. No, because Ryan Johnson's a, a smart filmmaker. The Phantom Menace trailers had. looked great too. Oh, shut your mouth! <laughs> shut it, Ed. What do we feel about uh, Phantom Menace? As he comes across the room, he's like three rows back. If you don't like Phantom Menace, then you're not a Star Wars fan. Thank yeah, you, whatever. 
<laughs> Not to take you on another tangent, but yeah, you're going to do it anyways. Yeah, but Star Wars is all components of all its. It's the movie is part of all of its pieces, and by time it's done, you got to tell the whole story, whether it's the Phantom Menace right up until episode. Yeah, but that nine. doesn't mean all the chapters are good. No, but I still, I my personal belief is, if you don't like one of the components, you don't like the whole franchise. Nah, that is a ridiculous, a ridiculous belief. Yes, well, that's the way I look at it. You can have your own opinion. So if there's an episode of your favorite show you don't like, you hate that franchise? That's different of a TV show. What? How? I don't see... This because, is... Because it has... 22 episodes. Yeah, it's got 22 episodes or 26 episodes to redeem itself. Well, by the time this is done, we're going to have 22 Star Wars movies, so... Well, then that's a good thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't. Phantom Menace, I think, gets a little I bit of bad it. rap, but it's not. It's one of those things that, like, I don't think it's a particularly great movie. I don't think it's as bad as the internet makes it out to be. It's not as bad as Episode Two. Well, it it's also a product of its time, which is not as bad as yeah. Episode Three. And it's weird how I, I've said this of other movies. How okay, you look at you watch Jurassic Park, the CG in Jurassic Park. Holds up really well, and that was 94? 93? Now, they also use practical stuff in it, but the CG in, in Jurassic Park holds up really well. Then you go, like, just, like, f- four or five years after that, and not just Phantom Menace. Like, a lot of movies that use CG at, uh, after that, where, in theory, they should be better, do not, uh, the, the effects do not hold up at all. And I don't know if it was like it was one particular program that everybody used, and it was just it just ends up looking awful now or what. But that, that's the my main thing with Phantom Menace more than anything else is it just like I, Star Wars doesn't look dated to me, but Phantom Menace does, and it, it gets better as those prequels go on. But anyways, now I went off on a tangent. Look what you did. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it it looked it was a Star Wars trailer. Like, yeah, uh, no, exactly. You know, it's like Kevin lots said, of flashy, uh, lots of shiny things. Really, it could have been it could have been those pork things just lined up doing the Star Wars theme song, and I'm still going to see the movie. They've got mm-hmm. my money; they know it. But mm-hmm. um, do you got anything else there, Ryan? Because I've got one. If you uh, I've got one. A small one. Thing too. It's a rumor. There's rumor Ooh. and speculation. Uh, that something we were talking about not that long ago, uh, that Nintendo is secretly working on a Game Boy Classic. Which is also part of the reason why I am now going to start wearing a tinfoil hat. Because we mentioned it on the show, yep. and now it's, being, now it's being rumored to being made. And I, we were half joking when we mentioned it. I will, it, it, we went to dinner... And we were talking about the Gambit movie and like, oh, well, it doesn't have a release date anymore. And when we get home, suddenly the news is a flood of a Gambit movie release date yep. all of a sudden. Yeah, we got to start uh, stop talking around our phones. Yeah. Or we just pay me. Keep talking about That's things we want to see. There's always that, that too. Anybody got a wish list? Uh, <laughs> hey, I've, I've, I will I've got make my one. Proton Pack. I'm happy. Yeah, that's true. You know what would be awesome? If they made uh, goggles and a PKE meter to go with that proton pack? Well, they did a few years ago. You well, just Maddie did, yeah. But that, So, yeah. That's it for me. That's, That's uh, all my notes. It's going to be flash-based. It's sort of flash-based like the um, 
the the classic systems are like the games will be built in they're not going to be cartridges oh no no the, for the sure it would just be but it'd be interesting to see which games how many games and do they make it a, a console that you plug into your tv or is it just going to be a, con- like a handheld I that think it'll just be a. Like hand- the same thing. I think it'll be a handheld, a better screen, and with a better battery in it, like one that you can charge USB wise. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Instead of, I want to say four to six double A's, uh, something like that. It was a lot of double A batteries. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got for news, Kevin? So, um, I just came across this. Um, Stargate is coming back. Oh yes, yeah, I heard about that a while. So there's going to be a new Stargate series called Stargate. Origins and I, it, I don't like the premise. I, I don't, yeah, yeah, it features Catherine uh, Langford, who was a character from the original Stargate SG One. She was that old woman whose father had discovered a Stargate in like yeah, the nineteen yeah. forties. So it's Dug her, it up in Egypt. It's her story set back in the day. Uh, they've just cast the woman who's playing Catherine. She was. Um, she'll be played by an actress named Ellie Gall, who is from a Disney Channel show. Uh, her father will be played by Connor Trenier, who was on Star Trek Enterprise. He was Trip. Oh, okay. okay. I liked him. And here's the kicker. It's going to be airing on the new digital streaming service, Stargate Command. Yeah. An uh, MGM streaming service to, that, that will show exclusively Stargate programming. There's over 380 hours of Stargate programming. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's a network, uh, if there's a show outside of Star Trek that could support a streaming network, that's one of the few. Yeah. Because just the amount of hours they've got of Stargate, everything. So oddly, another rumor I heard sort of relating to this is, uh, and it's a show we were talking about earlier, uh, Ed and I were talking about earlier, Dark Matter. Yeah. Uh, it's just got canceled. Yep. Season three was yep. the Sadly. last. But they're trying, they're pitching it to other places to try to pick it up. And uh, because uh, the creator of Dark Matter, the show, worked on the Stargate back in the day. He's pitched it to MGM, and it might show up on this streaming platform as well, and there would end up being a Dark Matter Stargate crossover. Interesting. Well, see how that works out. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. Again, that's just a rumor. The Stargate uh, Stargate to the, the, uh, Origins is a go for sure. And but, so is that streaming service, I think. And it, it sounds like, like it. Yeah, they've been talking about that for a couple months now. I wonder if Stargate fans will be less vocal about paying for their show than Star Trek fans Depends are. on what the price point is. Yeah. Like, you really like the Stargate shows. I do. What you own most of them on DVD, but if you nope, didn't, what would you pay? Oh, I thought you did. No, I've got like five. I think five of SG One, all of Atlantis, and none of uh, crap. What was the show it came on? Oh, Stargate Universe. 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 Yeah. The one season. I don't. There was an that. animated series as well. Yeah, but I think that doesn't count. Or it can say. Well, I would. Star Trek but I would think series. that it would end up on this assume. Stargate streaming service. Now, my and there's problem, a couple of direct-to-video movies too, aren't there? Yes, I do have to, I do have those because those wrapped up SG One, so they were good. So, how, like, you're not a diehard fan? No, but you're you're fairly. A, I, I enjoy the franchise enough that I've so got a problem what, with the direction what of this new show. What would you pay for to to stream this then? Right? Like, what what would having access to all this content be to you? I I don't I don't know if I. It's one of those things. It's like I I wouldn't even. I don't think I would subscribe to it. There would have to be new content. If I, I would knew, have to know that there was going to be new content mm, consistently, yeah. if, if, consistently to pay for it. If this show was continuing 
the the Stargate story of the uh, existing franchises, yeah, the, the I'd be more interested yeah. and be more like along the lines of okay, maybe you know in that five to ten dollars, you know, like 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 your other one, you know, especially if it's closer to the five dollars a month, since it's only one new show. Mm-hmm. Yes, I get access to the back catalog. But I have access to the back catalog. You know what they should do is because Stargate was syndicated back in the day, was it yeah. not? They it should... was a Showtime show to start with. If you've ever watched the oh, pilot okay. of SG One, there were boobs in it. Oh, and swearing. Did not know. I might have to watch that now. <laughs> um, so, but it was. It ended up being a syndicated show. Team up with a couple of those other syndicated syndicated companies and make a streaming network of that like so we have xena xena um uh crap there was another one that i thought would go good with stargate highlander 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 would be because highlander you've got i want to say 10 seasons of highlander was it on that long there were two and there were two series too there was the raven yeah which that didn't last too too long but and then and as well you can put the movies and put the Mm -hmm. Uh, the really terrible, terrible animated series. Who thought that was a good idea? Let's take a movie where the main plot point is you have to cut off the head of your opponent in order to get more powerful and, and turn it, it into a cartoon. For kids. <laughs> that's a topic we should tackle one day is inappropriate movies got, got turned into cartoons. That's, that's a good topic. <laughs> but going back to the premise of this new Stargate, it's taking place in the past when they first dig it up, which in the rest of it all, even the original movie, they didn't, never got the Stargate to operate until... 89, until, 90, what, whenever that the first, first movie yeah. or until yeah. the first episode of the TV show and all that, like, until that time frame, not in the 50s or in the... You no, sound like Star Trek fans. Who are complaining about Discovery and it doesn't fit in the timeline? No, but see, that would be different. It's, it's one of the main plot points. That's why they bring in the what's his name, uh, uh, the guy who ended up on the Office for a while, James Spader. Why oh, yeah. his character was brought in was to translate stuff so they could get True. it to work. True. But I just think that creative people can come like up with reasons. It would be like if they went and did something pre-Enterprise. Before that series now, mm. and remade things, and be like, oh, well, Enterprise in that Enterprise series wasn't the first ship they, to go out. They now, did. It was called Star Trek: First Contact. Yep, they did. <laughs> no, but they, no, but that was the. That they, at least they still stayed in their time. Their, their timeline of being that yeah, was the first yeah, time yeah. that the Zephyrin Cochran. Let off the engine. Well, there and was they made contact with the Vulcans. There were also episodes where of of Enterprise where we learned that Vulcans landed on Earth in the 1950s and and crashed and yeah. ended up settling in a small town in like yeah, Washington. And, left, and there was also the one where they left behind one of the Borg from First Contact got left behind in like Antarctica or was frozen and then it showed up on Enterprise or something like that too. But still, at least all that stuff stayed in the same continuity, in the same canon, oh, okay. where this Stargate, well, it does the JJ thing where it completely wipes everything, but at least the JJ movie stuff, we still had Kirk and we still had Spock. It's just, eh, now we've taken it in a new direction. Eh. In this new movie, we don't have, you know, uh, you know, we don't have Carter, we don't have Chilk, we don't have um, uh, Daniel... We don't have Richard Dean Anderson's character that I can't remember his name of, which was like the main character, but I can 
don't know why I can't remember his name. Jack. His name was Jack. Yeah, Jack. So we don't have any of them. And now the game's going to be open before all that. Reasons. Before they even have any kind of... Like, Spock never had a foster sister either. How do you know that? Did they ever Did they ever say that he was an only child with no... Absolutely no siblings. And did they ever say that Catherine didn't go through the Stargate when she was younger? Yes. Because the first time she went through the Stargate was when they took her through when she was dying. Well, she was, old, she was old. She probably had memory old issues. Senile and forgot all about it, right? Because of that time she went through and they changed what's I can, memory. I can hear, like, you can feel that somewhere in the distance there is a, a bully who just, like, this wave went over him of, like, I need to wedgie somebody. I don't know why. I just need to. Find that. Nerds. <laughs> Ooh, no, I, I'm just, I'm kind of surprised that you guys are as passionate about Stargate. <laughs> I, I'm not passionate about Stargate. It just, it just, see, it just seems to be the same kind of arguments that the people who are anti-Star Trek Discovery are, are coming up with. And that burns me. I'm just curious how much they want to price this for. Yeah. Is, I've always enjoyed the franchise. Yeah. It's been one of those, for the longest time, it was one of, you know, well, how many years was SG-1 on? Ten. Ten. That's like. You could always tune into space and find Stargate on space. Mm. It was a, a staple. Even there were years where I didn't I really watch I it consistently. One episode. I, I watched about four seasons of it. I watched oh. the Groundhog Day episode, and mm. be fair, that was a good episode. I love it because yeah, it's watched. a show that can make fun of itself too. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's what I found as the years progressed. It got you know it got comfortable in its role and what it was, and then same with like uh, Atlantis. At least they got to f- kind of finish their story. Before they were canceled in their five seasons, yeah. but like the first season, it was pretty much okay. This is a copy of SG One in another world with new people. Then it started becoming its own thing. You know what's mm-hmm. another show that would go perfect on that network? Farscape. Oh yeah, Farscape. I love that show too. Throw Farscape that one up I, on there. That one I have the whole series of. I yeah. love that. I know and a lot Babylon of Five like that, but I like Babylon Five would be good too because I don't think it's that's a Warner. On that's anything. a Warner property. It could end up on the DC streaming service. That would be nice. I'm surprised Babylon Five is not on like Netflix or something. It was for a while. It's just just been pulled. No, oh, there was. Uh, I know that uh, Farscape was. Yep. Because at one point, instead of I started know, watching it and then they pulled it off before I finished it. Well, if you want to finish it. Let me know because I can borrow you. I can loan you my DVDs because I've got yeah, the whole maybe. season, of the whole series, and the miniseries, and the, and the, the movie, like the, the two Peacekeeper part. Wars. Yeah, and I've got a bunch of the comics that, seen, that take place after that too. If you want to read those, I've seen the entire thing. It's just, oh, it's just a, a I was just rewatching it, and it, well, it was like ah, that's started, the one problem with Netflix is when well, yeah. they pull stuff. I started rewatching it with my discs, then found it on Netflix, and so instead of getting up and getting my discs, I just mm. did it the next the Netflix route. Did you have a, another news item? Before uh, I, go I just to found this actually. The the episode titles for the rest of this of this year's ep- episodes of Star Trek Discovery have been announced. Mm-hmm. How many episodes are they doing? They're doing fifteen altogether. We're getting apparently we're getting nine uh, before Christmas. And that leaves a balance of six after Christmas. Okay, because I, I remember hearing something. I guess when they announced that they're doing nine before, and I, they're like. They decided because of the story and how it works out that that's the best part to to, to end it for right. a break. So the episode this week, uh, as we're recording this, is called "Choose Your Pain." I don't know anything about uh, any of these except the titles. Uh, next week's episode, episode six, is called "Leave," which is uh, in Greek mythology the river of forgetfulness in Hades. 
Episode seven is called Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. This is a line from the Iliad. Uh, episode eight is called Sivis Possum Parabellum, which means if you want about a possum? if you want peace, prepare for war. Ooh. And then the last episode before the break is called Into the Forest I Go. So well, I like that, that they have the really interesting titles, unlike mm. the last few Star Trek shows, which have just had titles like, like, like they have all one word titles that are yeah. pretty boring. So. Well. I finally sat down and watched an episode, uh, not on Sunday night when I'm watching it and falling asleep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I f- I watched. I tried to watch the last episode. I had I was home in time from Thanksgiving dinner. I was like, okay, great, I'll watch this. I sat down. Yeah, but you were filled with turkey. Oh no, actually, I wasn't home in time. I had to watch it at like, I started watching it at like eleven o'clock. I watched. I saw the I saw her get the the, the, the parcel that she was delivered. And then next thing I know, she's putting it away. And then all of a sudden, she's opening it. And I look, and I was like, oh, it's You missed midnight. all the middle parts. Exactly. So I was like, oh, well. So the next day, since it was a holiday, I had the day off, I sat down, found the Space, the space Go app mm-hmm. on my iPad, logged in with my uh, Rogers account so I could watch it, and sat down and watched it and really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. I find I like, like watching it better during the day when I'm awake versus that night when I'm falling asleep. You've got to pay attention to this yeah, show. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like the whole spore drive, which is like I'm watching that. Like, well, how come this is new? How come yeah. we don't have its spore drives in any of the other Star Trek? Oh, I'm sure we'll find that. We'll out. probably need something to do with well, just the interaction with that creature and yep. the spores and the same. And that thing. might be that, that might be something they they I'm sure they'll they explore. delve into or delve into later, like. I remember with Voyager, like the big thing in the first episode of Voyager is they mentioned that like the the engines organic or bioneural gel yeah. packs, and then it was like forgotten about for yep. like seasons, and then they finally did something with it. So it's yeah, they kept burning out. They uh, they have done something with the spore drive already in the four episodes of well, Discovery. Yeah, using it, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks really cool. Like, cool. All like twisty turny like. So, in a slightly different nerdy vein, uh, Weird Al Yankovic has announced that he's going on tour. Yay. That's th- that's not really the different part about it. It is this time he's not doing the big production tour like uh, you've seen. I've him. seen him twice at Casino uh, Rama. You've seen him? No, I've no, never seen uh, him. I've I've really not wanted a to. Goer. Um, he is doing okay. It's called the ill-advised vanity tour. Okay. <laughs> so what it is, they're doing smaller venues uh-huh. in Toronto. They're going to be doing the Danforth Music Hall. Oh, which nice. Is, which is, yeah, you know, you can fit a good chunk of people in it, but it's not like the AACC or anything right. like that. It's step a couple steps up from a bar, right. not, not anything huge. But the difference is, is he's not doing the parodies on this tour. He's doing all the. Uh, uh, his self-penned material, like stuff the, like the biggest ball of twine in twine Minnesota, and uh, the night Santa went crazy, mm-hmm. and uh, and all that sort of stuff. And is Harvey the Wonder Hamster on there? Um, is that original or not? Yeah, it would be original. I think. I love Harvey the I Wonder Hamster. I don't know that it's a parody off of something. And um, good Harvey, old days, and Harvey. like and Dare to Be Stupid, yeah. which sounds like a Devo song. Devo thinks it's the best Devo song ever written, and it's not a Devo not a Devo song. song. So uh, I'm that was I'm, off the Transformers the movie uh, soundtrack. Yep. Uh, Do you think though people will go to this concert and then be mad that he didn't play Fat or I or Word Crimes or no? No, I think that weird Al fans that know about this concert will know ahead of time and 
I don't think they'll be like, oh. You might be... get a couple, but as a majority group, mm-hmm. his, his fan base seems to have, and to Al's credit, they've both taken to the internet really, really well. Um, Al is the, I don't think he gets enough credit. He was one of the first musicians to figure out that Albums as a physical format are not where my bread and butter is going to be. Right. It's going to be touring and digital. And yep. so what I'm going to do is I'm going to release songs when I've got them on, on occasion, like, you know, stacks of four here and there. And then when I've got enough for an album, I will release a physical album. And then when I do, I'm going to promote the crap out of it. Like um, that last album he put out, the the one that is Word Crimes and uh, and Foil and yeah. that. There was a video for like all those songs within two days. Like he, it was pre-planned, yep. and he just online assaulted his fan base with with this new material. So I don't think that will be so much of a problem. I just hope there's interest in it because I I'm a big fan of his creator own material. Yeah. Oh yeah. I it's, uh, good. it's I have long championed the fact that he should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's, He's not. No, that's no. disappointing. He's been he has been qualified for years now. He's more deserving than a lot of people that are in there. That's You're for sure. Telling me about it, uh, it's he, every when I worked for Alan Cross's website on doing top ten lists for years. Every year, I would do the list bef- after they announced the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for the year yeah, yeah. of the people who should be in, and he was in it. I made sure to put him in it because. He is so skilled. Oh, yeah. is like, he is like and musician. his band, like that that band that is a band that he is. It hasn't really changed in fifteen twenty years. It's the same group of guys, and they can play any genre of music that you can think of. They're amazing. Flawlessly. Well, and just the, the argument of oh, well, he's just it's just parody music. But you know what? Popular good parody songs that like he's done are not easy to no. do. No. He, and like, like, there's a, a lot of bad parody out there, but his is good. He is the yeah. one-hit wonder who keeps one-hit wondering for 20, yeah. uh, 30 20, years. 20, it's almost 40 years. 40? Jesus. I remember, we're getting old. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting. Because he doesn't age. No. Especially after he ditched the glasses. He stopped yeah. aging. Yeah. There's, a, there's an advertisement for going vegetarian, almost <laughs> vegan. Because I watched an interview with him where he talked about he's more or less vegan and they're like well what do you mean by that he's like well you know if a cheese pizza ends up on the tour bus (laughs) it might get eaten yeah but uh, it's i hope people go see it i really do Uh, i remember to your point about the the parody in his real songs he he's also very good at doing original material that sounds like uh, an artist like the yeah. dare to be stupid sounds like a devo song yep there i'm blanking on the name of it but on um the uh the one the album that has the nirvana parody on it uh yeah uh, that's uh, i can see the cover and everything to it that album there's a song on it that sounds like a beach boy song yep i had a 59 minute argument with my father one day about how he was dead set that it was a Beach Boy song. I'm like, no, it's not. It just like he's really good at making it sound. And they're like, no, it's a, it's that or it's Jan and Dean. And like, no, it's not. It's a weird, it's a weird song. song. He's just really good at writing. Yeah, other he's people's super styles. talented. So 
Yeah, I, I'm hoping I'll, I'll get tickets. They go on sale on the 20th. Do you know so. how expensive they're going to be? No idea. Because I've been lucky, and because it's a casino, I know people who get free tickets, oh, and I've never, I've jerk. never paid to see Weird Al, and I've seen him in concert twice. Nice. Is that at Rama? At Rama. Nice. Yeah. Jen He's not my, coming to Rama this time, though. Is no, he? not so. Not listed so far at any rate. Well, Rama is a seven thousand seat. Yeah, venue, it's a pretty big so. venue at this point. Jen tried to get me tickets the last time he went through because it was right like the day after my birthday. Mm-hmm. And she and my mom teamed up, and they just couldn't get seats that were worth paying money for at the time. So it was a good show. Yeah, I hope I, I get to see it. So um, earlier in the episode, we discussed the movie trailers that came out, and Kevin had this interesting idea that um, about discussing movie trailers and whether they're whether they're needed or whether you should bother watching them. Well. It, oh, is that the topic today? Because yes. this is the first time I've heard of this topic. No, he, he pitched it on the Facebook thread. Okay, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Apparently. Well, I might have been asleep because you guys do like to text each other after my bedtime. Well, that's your problem. Yeah, I said it was my problem. <laughs> Sorry, I, I like just, to sleep This is night. the episode of the podcast where we break up. It, 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 it only seems to be, for me, for, for these big franchises. Like The point of a movie trailer is to hype you up uh, for... To go to the sh- to the movie, right? They're they're gonna tease you with things, so that you go and pay your money to see the movie. Mm. And with the Last Jedi, the trailer just dropped this week. I haven't gone out of my way to watch it because I know I'm gonna go and see this movie anyway. In fact, we're we're we've already got tickets, or if we haven't got tickets already, we'll have them by the end of next week for for it. So why should I spoil myself and watch this trailer? Uh, now, having said that, I was also the person who put up uh, the New Mutants trailer on the big video screen we've got here at the Library Con today because I wanted to see that. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just sort of I'm trying to temper my expectations, mm. especially when it comes to Star Wars. Well, what I think, with at least with the Star Wars trailer, they've done a good job of, I think, possibly you know, misleading what the story is going to be. Uh, from from the trailer, at least they. What I want from a trailer, the ideal trailer for me, especially for like a Star Wars, where it's like, yeah, like you said, I'm already going to go see it anyway, so I don't care. Just show me some flashy pictures, some maybe like quick cuts from an action scene. Don't tell me any story. Same with the Marvel movies. I don't want to know the story. Like the the Spider-Man trailer was not a good trailer. It you could the beats in that trailer. If you you know, yeah, you look at the movie and you're like, oh, yep, you can tell the movie from looking at that trailer. It's like Spider. Oh, here we go. Spoilers for Spider-Man. Spider-Man, you know, gets a new costume. Spider-Man does something. Oh, Iron Man comes along and Spider- takes his costume away from him. Then Spider-Man saves the day in his pajama costume. <laughs> and then- I do think that is the bad thing about trailers today. Yeah, is I think too much away. trailers give way too much away, and and some of some of them, I basically I'm at the point where I'm kind of in between wanting to watch trailers. And not, I like to watch the first one now, mm-hmm. like or even just the teaser to get like um, Ready Player One, for instance, is a book I love. The there is only one trailer out for it right now, mm-hmm. and I I got that trailer recently in front of uh, Blade Runner the, yep. or twenty forty nine or whatever it's called, uh, and it was in three D. And if anything is going to sell you on seeing that movie is in that big sound with 3D that actually works. Right. 
Right. Well, see, and then that one, that's a movie. And, and I've that, never read the, st- the book, yeah. so I don't know the story. And I watched the trailer, and it's like, okay, I see a lot of cool stuff. I have no idea what the plot or the story is of this movie, but it looks, it sh- they're showing me interesting stuff. Like, it's that type of movie, like, well, Maybe some movies it doesn't work, but action movies, like these big budget movies, you can get away with not telling me the story in the trailer. Mm. Maybe what I need to stop doing then is not stop watching trailers, but stop, stop watching people talk about trailers. There yeah, you go. That's maybe it. Uh, as we talk about trailers. Yeah, but we're not talking about specifics <laughs> here. Like, like the the an hour after. Uh, not even an hour after the Jedi last Jedi trailer yeah, drops, you have the Nerdist will put up a video saying, "Here's everything that you just saw in this in this seven things you missed." Yeah, yeah. in the Star Wars trailer. I like watching some of those. Usually, I'm like, I, saw I that. used to, I used I to, that. and then I became a Star Trek Discovery fan. And every time you click on something on YouTube that says Star Trek Discovery, it's whiny people ranting about how bad the yeah, show is. And the I, internet in general. I, <laughs> Welcome to the internet. I used to be able to avoid it, but now I like something that a lot of people don't, and it's driving me crazy. I understand that. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I, like, the, I like the brief glimpses of the movie. Like, I, I think it's more to be reassured in some ways, mm-hmm. with, especially with properties that I like, the Runaways trailer for the new TV series. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Um, doesn't give away much. It, no, like it just kind of sets up. This is the general plot, and it's a TV show too, right? right? So it, it's they've got a lot to, to play with. But seeing that is like okay, who, whoever put together the show and this trailer at least know what I am expecting out of the right. show and did a good job of it. You know what I mean? It's like the characters look. Kind of like New Mutants in a lot of ways. The characters look who they're supposed to be. Right. I wonder if we're going to see the dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, we have to. There's got to be a dinosaur dinosaur in it. Uh, uh, Oh, what's the dinosaur's name? Gert's the dinosaur's owner. Oh, Old Lace. Because they. All right, because she wanted to be called Arsenic, right? Yeah, they gave gave each other crappy uh, Crappy superhero names in the beginning of the book, and then they end up ditching them like one or two books in because they're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did part of the only problem with the runaway on a side note the only problem with the runaway series is we're not going to get that moment with the Punisher where Molly punches the Punisher in the stomach possibly one of the best moments in comic books ever well maybe if the TV people talk nice to I each thought other. he was a bad guy what did you think his, his power was punishing power <laughs> uh. So, yeah, I, I see your point, though. Right. Like, uh, and so I, don't get me wrong. If I go to the movies, like when we go to see Thor Ragnarok and the Star Wars trailer comes on before that, I'm not going to leave the theater because I don't want to see it. But I'm just not going to go out of my way to um, click on it on YouTube anymore. <laughs> I've decided this. Your eyes are so dreamy. <laughs> Brent staring off into the crowd. <laughs> oh, now I... Well... You force him to make a choice. Force him to make a choice. If my wife's any wife and like every girlfriend I've had is any evidence, glasses are just do it for me. Best thing. You got kind of that rugged beard thing going though. So. Emo Bucky. There's everybody's favorite Tracy. Hello. we're still recording. Still recording? Welcome yes. to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to podcast. the live podcast. Can, anything can happen. What is your take on trailers? 
Are you pro or against movie trailers? Do you like them or not? Do they show too much or not enough? I hate, I hate comic, like comedy, comedy movie trailers because I feel like all the funny parts are in the trailer. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment, yeah, I would say. Everything else is so, so much fun. What do you have there? Do you have prizes? Did you win something? Did you steal posters for us? Oh, nice. Oh, oh cool. very cool. She, she's got a, a, an art piece that is the Avengers as Sailor Moon characters. It's very cool. And she's probably going to be listening to this in the car at some point. <laughs> probably <Excellent>. Wednesday morning. <laughs> Excellent. So do we have any more to say on the subject of trailers? Uh, there, there's, I think there's good trailers and bad trailers, too. Like, it, like oh, for every, sure. every once in a while, you, like, and some trailers that don't do the movies nearly justice enough, and I, it, like it, that don't sell it well. Choosing right? what goes into a trailer has got to be really hard because you've got to, I guess you've got to give enough that people want to be excited about seeing. But if you give too much, then people are like, well, every, all the good parts are in the trailer. They are also not done by the film companies no. anymore. They're all done by PR companies. You Ryan what, wants to you say know something. What trailer didn't sell the movie well, and the marketing also failed that movie. Which one? Dread. Yeah, Dread was... It was a, marketed and completed as Dread 3D. Yeah. Oh, look at this awesome slow motion 3D. 3D, 3D. Who cares about the 3D? It was a good movie. The 3D in the movie was good, was but that, good. that wasn't the selling point. No. It was Carl Urban mowing down bad guys yeah. and never showing his face. That that was... And Cersei from... You know, the, the, what's her name from... Uh, Leanna Headley. Being all badass drug dealer. Yeah. Bomb. Well, hopefully we've got that TV series coming, hopefully. so hopefully it's connected. By hopefully Tracy. they work something out with the. <laughs> hopefully they work out some deal with Carl Carl Urban. They're talking to him, which is a good sign. Yeah, it's and I'm like sure he'll do it else right now. Well, he's got Thor Ragnarok. Is he's, he in Thor? Oh yeah, he yeah, is. He's Scourge. Not in the last trailer, so I forgot. He looks really cool as Scourge too. Well, no, yeah, that was a good show. Yeah. Almost and not to sound sexist, but he also has Katie Sackhoff at home. So then why oh, I didn't would know you they leave? were a couple. They will have beautiful, beautiful children if they decide to mm-hmm, have children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll smell good. Yeah. <laughs> and they will also smell good. Uh, I love doing so this show sometimes. This up. Yeah, it's uh, it, um, Jen and I are going to add on because Jen wanted to be on the show, oh, yeah. but she couldn't make it out today. Um, our uh, our experience at the um, Toronto Symphony, seeing the music. Of oh John yeah, Williams. yeah, I want to hear about that. Yeah, it was it was really awesome. So well, listen to the episode. Listen to after we're done here. Um, does anybody have any geeky picks for uh, the end of the episode? Did anybody I, prepare anything? I do. Okay, we'll start with you because I don't have one. So um, I have been watching on Netflix, and while there have been some downtime today, that's what I was watching when you talked to me and I didn't respond. Uh, the Good Place. Did you guys know The Good Place? I've heard no. good things about it. It so is so <laughs> funny. So The Good Place is a sitcom starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. Yeah. And the premise of the show is that uh, Kristen Bell has recently died and she has gone to the good place. There is also a bad place. You do not want to go to the bad place. So Kristen is in the good place. And Ted Danson is the architect who has built the neighborhood 
uh, in the good place for all these people. And uh, in her uh, welcome to the good place video, she realizes that she is not the right person, that the person who was supposed to be at the good place is not her. And it was this person with the same name as her, Eleanor something. And uh, uh, so now she's spending every episode trying to make sure she stays in the good place. Mm. Um, except I, you get the feeling that not maybe the good place isn't isn't quite so good because a giant sinkhole keeps opening up and people fall into it uh whenever she does something that's like bad uh her fantasies come true like giant cocktail shrimp fly across the sky or it sounds really bizarre but it's by the guys who create one of the guys who helped create parks and recreation michael short and uh uh, also everybody has uh, been teamed up with their soulmate who they will spend all of eternity with she has been uh partnered with chidi who is uh who was chidi mcchidgerson Chidi, well, Chidi was an ethics professor from Senegal, so he she's convinced him to teach her ethics so that she can stay in the good place. It's very funny. Uh, It's only thirteen episode first season. Season two just started airing Mm. on NBC, so I'm trying to get caught up so that I can watch it uh, live. I've been thinking about starting to watch it, so Uh, because I I really like. It sounds a lot like. not the same, but in the similar lines to like Pushing Daisies yep. or uh, Dead Like Me. Well, yep. at least the first season of Dead Like Me. Yeah. Um, that, that was a show that kind of went off the rails a little bit. Right. So every episode, we also get flashbacks to these people's lives on Earth. And I, I have heard about the twist at the end of the season, so I'm not uh, going to say anything. Uh, but there is a twist. And apparently, episode, uh, season two is a total reboot of the show. So The Good Place, uh, it's on NBC, on TV, and uh, the first season is streaming on Netflix. Did you watch uh, Dead Like Me? No, uh, but I did watch Pushing Daisies. De- Dead Like Me was pretty good, and it, it, it's one of, like, you know how, like, we, sometimes it's just little moments from TV shows, that st- or just one-liners and mm-hmm. stuff like that? The one that is always stuck with me is the, the girl in Dead Like Me is screwed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, her boss, played by Mandy Patinkin, knows that she's really screwed up and has lied about it. So she's like there at the restaurant where they always meet, and she's like, "So, what? What's the soup today?" And he's like, "Cream of bullshit." One of the <laughs> was just like one of the running just the delivery. Just to, just thinking about it cracks me up. One of the running jokes on the Good Place is that you cannot swear in the Good Place. Uh, so every time. She uh, she tries to things come out like what the fork or uh, well it's also on NBC so yeah. that's a good way of getting around that so yeah or uh, or uh, holy shirt you know so uh, it's just a fun little running joke and there are little Easter egg comedy bits in the background of every episode too it's okay cool it's very well put together and very funny so uh, watch it Ryan uh I I'm gonna pick a new show that I just started watching Ooh, too a new show uh, Ghosted. Oh, I've meant to watch that. I, I haven't seen it. it is it good? Uh, it's only been like two episodes, I think, out. Uh, it's funny. It's only like a little half Stars, hour. Stars uh, uh, Craig Thompson. Is that his Craig name? Craig Robinson. Robinson. And Adam Scott. I like both those guys. Uh, Adam Scott. He is a or was a like some professor, like early, like young brainiac went through like you know university and college, you know, real fast, early mm. age type thing. That whose wife apparently got abducted, or he says she got abducted. Uh, you know, last time he saw her, she was packing all of her bags after they had a fight, and then she left and disappeared. But she was abducted, he says. 
Uh, and so he, you know, nobody wanted to believe him about aliens. So he ended up, uh, when we first see him in the first episode, he's working in like a chapters or like a bookstore. Yeah. yeah. And then the, uh, and Craig Robinson, he's a former police detective that was working the missing persons unit. And we don't know why, but now he's a mall guard, a mall security guard. <laughs> okay. Um, and his previous partner was killed. Mm-hmm. So they end up getting hooked into this, uh, I think the, the organization underground is what they're called, I, I believe. And uh, yeah, they're, you know, this is an organization that's responsible for hunting and fighting all paranormal type of stuff that's happening. And uh, it's funny. Uh, does, what little, uh, like, what network is it on? Fox. It's okay, so he might is is Fox the home to Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes. Yes. Okay, so he may still yes. be able to appear as the Cadillac Bandit. Maybe because that's the only thing about that show that I don't like is like, does that mean the Cadillac Bandit is no longer going to be on Brooklyn Nine Nine? <laughs> and, and it airs during the animation block on Sunday nights, doesn't it? Like that's weird. Like oh, it, I know it's not animation, I exactly but I think it's on I, like yeah. between. I've caught it on demand. I think it's on between Family Guy and Bob's Burgers or something like that. Oh, yeah. on Sunday nights, yeah. maybe. Um, it, well, that's kind of the, the the interesting thing that with people who have unplugged or DVRs, right? Nobody knows what time or day shows are on anymore. So uh, I can't did, see did, what did. days. Yeah, it's it's on. okay. People check your local listings. Isn't that what they say in all the ads? Check yeah. your local Original listings. Original release was October first. What was October first? That was uh, Sunday. Oh, there you go. So it's probably on Sundays. Yeah. Look for it on Fox. Yeah, that's one I'm. I think I'm. Or on demand. Hopefully, it'll show up on Netflix. Is it on a Canadian network? I think it's on City. City. That's where I think I watched it on demand. Of was on City. So this is so, my pick. Weirdly, I'm going to go with the TV show as well because um, I just started watching something new and it was something that I didn't think I was going to like and have ended up liking. And that is the Lethal Weapon TV show with Damon Wayans and whatever the other guy's name is. <laughs> Guy with a really bad 90s haircut. It's the only thing about that show I don't like is the guy who plays Riggs just like get a haircut. What's what are you whispering? Just speak up. Yeah, we're allowed to do that. It's a. Um, it violates Ed's rule about TV shows, movies out of TV shows. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 doing a good job of kind of following the lines of the the first movie. As far as the thing that I find to, to to combat and also agree with Ed's point is if you're going to do a TV show out of a movie, you have to give me something that I didn't see in the movie and and make it worthwhile that you're stretching out a two-hour storyline into like, okay, each episode is about 45 minutes and yeah, it's going to be a 20-episode run. So um, in this case, what I think I really like about it is that they are giving more attention to the reason why Riggs is suicidal in in the show instead of like just a couple one off lines here here and there like they're they're actually building that emotional and they place for me to be like oh Riggs yeah, and they're taking that's the why you crazy <laughs> to develop the the bond of the partners yeah 
that in the movie it's just like, oh, you're crazy. And then by the end, like, oh, we're great partners now. And let's do th- th- three more movies. Which is like in, in the movies, you don't really question it because no. the chemistry between Mel Gibson and Danny Glover is just amazing. Oh, yeah. Like uh, they, they got so lucky with those two guys that they worked as well. As so I, I have not seen Lethal Weapon, the TV show. Are those two guys doing a Danny Glover and Mel Gibson impression? Or are they, no, they're, they're, they're are playing they, those characters, but they're, they are, they've added to it a little bit. Like, so um, they've given Murtoff more reasons why he's, why he's too old for this shit. Yeah. Why he's getting there. Like he's had heart issues that, and that, are significant okay and like they just build more into the characters because they've got more time to do it right that's the thing is if it had been like the if the first two episodes had been the first movie like just a retread of the first movie but without swearing right i i would be done i wouldn't be bothering watching it but i'm curious to see the rest of the show and how does it it have a continuing story arc is there like one criminal organization they're trying to take down or something they're they've got kind of a meta arc that i i can I, I'm sort of seeing now, which is essentially they are doing the story from the first movie and updating okay. it, but they're stretching it out more. It's more in the background than it is in the foreground, God. or at least where I am in the show as is. But it's it's pretty good. I, and like I've been looking for a show to get hooked to, into and watching, and beyond Barbecue Pitmasters, which it's a fun show. <laughs> you can only watch people make it's barbecue a, so often before you gotta go out and get hour. <laughs> That's It's not even There's nothing hour. wrong with a good barbecue show. Well, yes, it makes me hungry. Well, there is that. <laughs> mm. Supposedly, there's one not too far from here. I don't know if it's any good, though. It came up when we Googled stuff. We ended up with burritos today. Which were good. They're they were very good, good burritos. burritos. If you if you are in the Oshawa area, go to Big Boys Big Burritos. Boys burritos, we got the fried chicken ones. It was pretty solid. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. So that is it for this episode. Oh, hey, uh, one quick, quick. Oh. In, in looking around the con today, uh, some of the f- few things other than you know five hundred first, we're here again uh, at this one. Uh, yeah. I kicked a bunch of kids' asses at Star Wars trivia and oh, won a prize. You're the man, some, Ryan. You're the man. I am. And some of the local artists, like Ricky Lima, is here. Yeah, you kicked their asses, too? Word no, burglar. No. Uh, and then uh, I met the people behind Viva LaCon, a celebration of gaming and anime. They're uh, looking to put together, I guess it's uh, going to be a con here in the Oshawa area. Uh, you can check out more info at uh, vivalacon.com. And maybe with that plug, they will have us too. Maybe. We'll just travel around and just do our show at conventions from Wandering now podcasters. On. Wandering podcasters? Yep. Instead of wandering minstrels. If, if we ever get sued for our name or somebody buys it out from under us or something, that's what our backup is. There we go. The Sounds wandering, wandering podcasters. podcasters. Okay. So for Ryan, Kevin, and myself, I'm going to throw to me in the future. Future Kevin. No, future, future Brent. Future Brent. And Jen. As we talk about our time at the Toronto Symphony recently. See you later. Bye. And several days later, we are back (laughs) in our home. And this time I'm with Jen. Hi, Jen. Hello. How are you? I am fine. Like we don't see each other on a regular basis. No, long time no see. I hope you had fun at the... Oshawa Fan Con. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, we had fun. Uh, we'd be be happy to go back if they so choose to bring us back. 
excellent. Yeah, and all, although not to sound biased, but we had more fun at the berry one. <laughs> <laughs> He's just saying that because of me. <laughs> so uh jenna and i uh got a chance uh well now it's a couple weeks ago from this recording it was on october the third october the third it was before oshawa FanCon to uh go to uh roy thompson hall and see the music of john williams as performed by the toronto symphony orchestra so all sorts of kind of nerdy in one little thing um so where to start? Uh, well, let me run down the program for you. Um, so it was pretty fantastic. Uh, it was conducted by uh, Stephen Reinecke, I think. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Who was very enthusiastic. Uh, so they began with the shark theme from Jaws. Uh, they played selections from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Then the March from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Adventures on Earth from E.T. the Extraterrestrial. The Flight to Neverland from Hook, the main theme from Schindler's List, the theme from Jurassic Park, which was my personal favorite. I love the theme from Jurassic Park. Uh, then Harry's Wondrous World from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Then uh, a bunch of Star Wars, the main theme from Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, Across the Stars from Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, Imperial March from Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, Princess Leia's theme from Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, and March of the Resistance, the Jedi Steps and Finale from Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Um, the entire concert was recorded the time that we were there. Uh, I haven't checked to see if it's available yet, but if you go to tso.ca/canadamosaic, you can apparently. Um, I don't know if you can buy it or if you can just listen to it. I assume buy. Yeah. It, like, it's another avenue for the symphony to try and raise money, right? With little cost. Yeah, I have to, I have to go in and uh, see if we can find it. Because it was so wonderful. I think I would like to buy it if it's for sale. Even it though was we... a good mix of John Williams music. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to be coughing a lot. No theme from Superman, but... Well, no, but there's but only John, so much John Williams yeah, you can do I, I in know. a concert. I mean, we I would have been there for days. I don't know why that theme just has always resonated with me. Maybe because Superman's one of my favorite live-action superhero movies. But it, and just the theme, not the rest of the score, just the <laughs> just the main theme from right at the start. Yeah, for me, he hit all the highlights. I yeah, mean, that's like true. Like I said, Jurassic Park. I think is my absolute favorite. I just was sitting there with my eyes closed, just letting it wash over me. Um, and I was really happy that there was so much Star Wars. Uh, and then the encore at the end was the Cantina song, the Cantina band oh, song. Oh, I'd forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, which gave the percussion guys something to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the it, bass players. and Yeah, because it, it's pretty much almost like a jazz song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while we were listening, you, Brent, you remarked that um, you could really hear all the the different parts of the orchestra live, yeah. as opposed to when you hear it, you know, in a recording or you know while you're watching the movie. You can really pick up a lot of the nuances of the score uh, when you listen to it performed live by a symphony as wonderful as the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, it's it's um it's great that way. Because uh, this is the second sort of theme thing like this that 
you and, have, and I have attended. We also went and saw uh, Back to the Future with the orchestra playing the score live. That was wonderful, too. Yeah, and there's a lot of like subtle things that you just don't quite get picked up. Like I imagine if I had a, a really decent stereo system set up somewhere and CD, it might be a little bit better than... Like than what we've got now, but it's there's nothing like an orchestra no, live period. No. So it was it was really cool to to hear some of the things. Yeah, when we went and saw the orchestra play um, Back to the Future, so the way they had that set up was the orchestra was on the stage of Roy Thompson Hall, and they had a uh, screen above them playing the movie, uh, and then they just took out all of the orchestral parts of it, and so you could still hear them talk and had sound effects, but all of the music was played by the orchestra. And to me, it felt very decadent, like, you know, like, I'm so wealthy, I have the orchestra play my movies for me. And I don't know, it was a cute, it was a neat indulgence. Um, I think we went for our second wedding anniversary to see that one. And I think that if they had um, a showing, I think they do, they're doing Lord of the Rings this December. But if They're they, doing Jaws, too, at Yeah, some and they're point doing too. Jaws. Something that has... Uh, just that much more instrumental, more instrumental than Back yeah. to the Future, I think would be astounding to go and see. Yeah, I, well, I, you know, I'm up for for that. They, they've done, uh, what have they done in the past that I know about? They did Gladiator. Gladiator would have been really good, too, because Gladiator's score is really, really good. Yeah. And we saw Back to the Future. Um, are they doing Raiders, or did they do Raiders recently? Because that'd be anything, anything by certain composers. Like John Williams is pretty much a given. Yeah. Any movie they do of John Williams would be pretty good to see just because yeah. his. I think he gets a lot of flack as a composer because he's. His scores are very like bombastic kind of thing. I love that though. Yeah, but that that makes them really good. It's in so emotional. Terms of performance. Yeah. You just get that feeling. I always regretted. Um, so when Jurassic Park came out, pretty sure I was in high school. Um, I had it as a, I don't know. It was, I don't think I had a CD. I think I had like an early MP3 version of it, you know, not very good. But I always wished that it had lyrics so I could sing it because it's such a beautiful song. And I think if they ever do the Jurassic, Jurassic Park with the orchestra playing, we have to go and see it. Yeah. I don't know. Jurassic Park's a good movie, though. Yeah. yeah so the, uh, you'd recommend other people to see it. Oh, definitely. And so- it's not like tickets are uber expensive it's like we are not rich people we got the we got these tickets as a gift for instance but even then depending on where you want to sit it it sounds great no matter where you are yeah so the toronto symphony orchestra is really trying to appeal to a younger audience to get people in seats so in addition to playing the classics bach chopin mozart the ones that i always got brought to see as a child because my dad loves the toronto symphony orchestra and so do I. Well, he's a um, subscriber. Isn't he, he is. Yeah. They have something called the Pops Pops series, P-O-P-S series. And that's what the movies are under. That's what this concert's under. Uh, they do, I think they were doing Home Alone again. They're doing that at Christmas. At Christmas. Yeah, and, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, and they do, uh, they're trying to do a lot more mainstream uh, concerts to appeal to a much wider audience. Or collaborations with artists. Like, I don't know what exactly it was, but we saw an ad there and it maybe had already gone but they were doing something with carly ray jepson yes you know so like they're they're really trying to appeal to a, a wider audience than they used to yeah and i mean i i love to see the classic composers 
um, every year we go and see uh, Handel's Messiah yep. with the Mendelssohn Choir performing. Um, like I said, my dad brought us as children all the time to see this. But I love that they have the pop series because, um, I don't know, to me it, it, it's, it resonates more with me because it's within my generation, I guess. Yeah. My lifetime. Well, weirdly, like, movie scores are kind of our classical music, right? Exactly. Well, and they are. Yeah. It, it's my knowledge of classical music or, like, orchestral music, I guess, as a general thing. It comes from movie scores <coughs> and the Looney Tunes. <laughs> it's That's my knowledge of opera. Yeah, because Looney Tunes used a lot of classical music in spots and oh, opera. Oh my God, wouldn't it be great if the Toronto Symphony Orchestra did Looney Tunes they opera? They have done that before. With somebody singing the Looney Tune lyrics? I don't know about that, but they've done... They've done ones where I guess it was the the classical, more of the classical music. I don't know if they did the opera ones, but given that they're so short, you would think they would have to. Like oh, those I, I love the Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd Barber of Seville. Mm. Uh, it's the greatest. Every time I hear that song, I think of those words, or I sing them. Yeah, and and a couple of years ago, I got to go see a show they did that was uh, like the the greatest hits of science fiction score. So there was some mm-hmm. Star Wars and. Uh, Superman and all sorts of things. George Takei was, or Takei was, uh, the host of it, and they did bring out um for the original original Star Trek theme, the one from the original '60s TV show. Mm-hmm. They did bring out a woman to do the vocal part. Oh, they, that's awesome! Yeah, and it was really good. Um, I think it. I went with Heather. Oh, was, right. Yeah, because did Heather buy tickets? Heather accidentally and, bought tickets in the and afternoon. And Mike couldn't go. And Mike, her husband, could not go. Yeah. So instead, and I was Heather, unemployed, Heather so. borrowed my boyfriend at the time, Brent, now husband, uh, because, you know, we're generous that way. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even listening to this. Uh, that's good. Um, yeah, so I assume that you did your geek picks for the Oshawa uh, Fan Con. Yep. So my geek pick, since I wasn't there... Well, what's your first one? Well, it's always Squirrel Girl, of course. Mm -hmm. And then my geek pick for this episode would be the Pops series for the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. Um, They 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 have affordable tickets. They have tiers. You could sit up high. The sound quality does not change no matter where you are in that place. That's a great thing about those halls. They're designed with music in mind. That's... It's part of the the modern problem of concert halls because there are very few actual concert halls of a larger to medium size left anymore that that's all they're designed for. And and the beautiful thing about going to see an orchestra playing as opposed to a rock star is that you don't necessarily need to see the stage. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I spent a good chunk of this concert with my eyes closed just listening deeply because i i found that that was a better way for me to absorb the music so even if you're up in the high balcony areas of the of roy thompson hall i mean it's a cheaper ticket sure but it doesn't mean you're going to have less of an experience than the people sitting down in the orchestral seats i i would also uh say my my one and only nitpick is that lead violinist who looked like he was wearing his dad's suit oh yeah he needs a better tailor yeah yes (laughs) or maybe he lost a lot of weight recently i don't know but yeah it looked like he was wearing his dad suit yeah like it was uh, size too big and the conductor was just so into it you could tell he was a fan well he was about our age maybe a little bit younger so it makes sense right yeah yeah he was great um 
I, I did like his his thing. <laughs> Feels a little weird because he brought a little levity to the Schindler's yes. List one with the story about how John Williams didn't know what he was going to do. He's like, you need a better composer for this. And Spielberg said, I know, but they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> and and like that was one of the weird ones. Is like I'd completely forgotten Schindler's List had a score. For some reason, my mind, it's a, a very quiet movie. Which uh, I haven't watched it in years, but I've actually never seen it because it's one of those movies where you people watch it once and then they don't want to watch it again. Because I would, I would so, say I said I would watch yeah, it again. Yeah, with we you should if we one day. We'll chance. sit down. But it's one of those movies you have to watch in the afternoon and then watch a bunch of kitten videos to make up. for Yeah, it. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so that was uh, that was Jen's geek pick for now, and uh, well, that's it for the show. So I hope you enjoyed the Oshawa bit. I hope you enjoyed this bit. And we will be back with another episode in two weeks, but we may have something before that. I don't know. I, I might have another interview stash that I might put out. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> but anyways, uh, for Jen and myself and Ryan and Kevin, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. And now something completely different. A quick hello from me. It's Jeff Woods, radio guy, a writer, Brent's friend and associate. Used to do the Legends of Classic Rock, which morphed into the Records and Rockstars radio series, which is heard on Rock 95 and Barry Sunday evenings at 9. Same time, Q107 Toronto on Sunday evenings. And I wrote a book called Radio Records and Rockstars, and it's time to do the audiobook now. And as you might imagine, 400 pages deep, rich with music, Artist interviews, too. Takes a lot of time and production and money. So I've started a GoFundMe campaign. And you can find out more about it at jeffwoodsradio.com. Thanks. Thanks.